The Buffalo Bills named three starters at open competitions, created some cap space, and have a surprising injury to talk about. We've got a lot to break down here today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Well, folks, I guess you can call this a bonus episode, an emergency pod. The bottom line is Sean McDermott had a press conference on Wednesday afternoon, and he dropped some significant information that I want to cover here on the podcast. Our next scheduled podcast is Crossover Thursday with John Butchko of Locked On Jets, where him and I talk about Monday Night Football between the Bills and the Jets. Then we have our primer on Friday. And if I don't fit in this little bonus episode, this mini episode, I don't know when I'm going to have a chance to really give this news the the due that it it deserves, right? The Bills named three starters, they created some cap space, and there might be an injury to Micah Hyde. So let's talk about that stuff here on this mini bonus episode of Lockdown Bills. Now keep in mind, I do have Crossover Thursday scheduled to publish on Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern time. and so. If you are seeing what appears to be an extra podcast in your feed, that's what it is. But Crossover Thursday does drop at 4 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday, and then our primer will drop on Thursday afternoon for the Friday podcast. But let's talk about why we're here. The Bills named starters at three positions that were open competitions, and we've talked about these competitions for months now, and now we finally have the answer. So let's get into it. The first one is middle linebacker. The Bills starting middle linebacker week one against the Jets, Terrell Bernard, third-round pick, second-year player out of Baylor. A little bit surprising because he was hurt all throughout the preseason. We didn't see him at all in preseason. We saw Tyrell Dotson, and we saw Tyrell Dotson struggle. But what concerned me wasn't necessarily that Bernard couldn't be a better option than Dotson. What concerned me was that Did he have the honest opportunity to win the job because he didn't play in the preseason? Well, evidently, the Bills saw enough of Tyrell Dotson in preseason, and they've seen enough of Terrell Bernard during OTAs and practices to feel comfortable with him being the guy that's going to play next to Matt Milano. Over the last few weeks, I've talked about Terrell Bernard as the mystery box option. And honestly, the mystery box sounded pretty good because we know what Tyrell Dotson is. He could play downhill, can't play in space, can't cover. That's a liability. That's an issue. Now, I have concerns about Terrell Bernard, but there's more upside here. There's way more upside here. That's what intrigues me. A recent third-round pick, he's got athleticism. Obviously, Sean McDermott thinks very highly of his relationship with Dave Aranda, the head coach at Baylor, that gave him the intel to make this pick, and they're rolling with him. And so... I'm rooting for him. It would be great if Terrell Bernard could lock down this job. 
That would be awesome. Now, we have no idea. He started, what, like one game last year? Very limited sample size of what's on the field. Some good, some bad. I remember watching him at Baylor and thinking to myself, this guy's a great blitzer. This guy knows how to shoot gaps and blitz. That was the best thing that he did on tape. He can run. He's got some urgency about him. He's got a hot motor. There's things to like. What type of a processor is he? What type of player is he in coverage? He's got the athleticism to cover. But does he have the processing ability? Does he have the instincts to get to his landmarks, to understand where he's supposed to be? I think he's a much more appealing option than Tyrell Dotson. And so maybe Bernard's got a lot to prove, but I think he's got more of the ability to prove it than kind of what I I think the ceiling is with Tyrell Dotson. So Tyrell Bernard, your week one starting Mike linebacker next to Matt Milano. That's not the only competition that has played out and we have a winner the uh, next one I want to talk about is Christian Benford being the CB2 opposite of Tredavious White and it felt like it was trending towards Benford being the guy the thing that kind of hung me up was Brandon Bean's comment after setting the roster talked about Dane Jackson and said he had his best camp and maybe he did but obviously this coaching staff is rolling with Christian Benford as a CB2, second-year player, six-round pick out of Villanova, got some experience last year. I mean, this guy was the week one starter last year. He beat out Kyer Elam last year to start opposite of Dane Jackson. And now he beat both of them out in year two to start opposite of Tredavious White. Very interesting here. Could this be the Kyle Williams to the John McCargo? But in the cornerback version, right? I mean, the Bills drafted Kyer Elam in the first round pick Christian Benford in the sixth round. Well, the sixth round guy is beating out the first round guy. Maybe that's the case here. Maybe there's a place for Kyrie Elam and Christian Benford, but I think this competition was one that played out and you kind of get it. We didn't get a chance to see Terrell Bernard in preseason games. It's hard for us to really say, you know what? Bernard deserved the job, right? We don't really know. With the preseason, I think it gave us the stage to evaluate this and realize, you know what? I think Christian Benford won the job. He earned it. And I think we're all hopeful that Kyer Elam was going to be the guy that won the job as the first-round pick with all the athletic upside. But I think Christian Benford's kind of proven that he's the better option. And Kyer Elam's a young player. I've talked about this. He's only 22. He's a year and a half younger than Dalton Kincaid. The book's not written. But for two years in a row now, Christian Benford's beat him out to be the week one starter. And I'm excited to see what it looks like. It feels like this coaching staff really has painted this picture of Christian Bernard, Christian Benford, excuse me. We got a Bernard and a Benford on the defense, so that's going to take some adjusting. But they've painted this picture, a picture of Benford that, hey, lunch pal guy shows up, knows his responsibilities, is in his playbook, is a pro's pro. Doesn't say much, but he does what we want him to do. He he checks the boxes. And if you go back to his tape at Villanova, the guy's physical, and the guy could take away the football. Really good instinctive ball skills. And so I'm interested to see what this looks like across from Tredavious White. Can he be the long-term answer? Be fine with me. Obviously, he has to earn it and deserve it, but it'd be nice to know that between Benford and Elam, you've got your answer. And so Christian Benford, your CB2. The one thing that I thought was interesting about the press conference that I'm a little bit, I guess, annoyed that nobody asked was 
All right, Christian Benford's the starter, but are we expecting a rotation? Nobody asked that. And so I don't know that the book is closed on a rotation. We've seen them rotate quite a bit at CB2. I don't think they'd prefer it. I think you'd love to have a guy that's your guy. But we didn't hear Sean McDermott say yes or no to a rotation. But we do know that Christian Benford is your starter across from Tredavious White. He won the job. And then the one that it felt like a formality because every indicator told us he was the starter. It's Osiris Torrance, a rookie second-round pick out of Florida, being your starting right guard. And that really played itself out in preseason. He got all the first-team reps with Josh Allen at quarterback, and the momentum just really kind of just shifted towards him. And it would have been kind of weird, honestly, if at this point, after all the reps that we've seen for Ryan Bates to be named the starter, Osiris Torrance has been getting that work. And I'm excited for him. He's a big physical guy that can create displacement. I love his control and coordination. He's been better in space than I thought. And so the Bills have what I would consider a high upside young starter at right guard. Now, obviously, he's got a tough assignment. Week one, Quinn and Williams, one of the best three or four defensive tackles in the game. He's going to be tested. And obviously, your right side is now a rookie right guard in Torrance and the guy everyone's concerned about at right tackle in Spencer Brown. And so hopefully that can come together. Now, the run-blocking appeal on that right side looks pretty doggone good. But could there be some challenges in pass protection? Yeah, I'd expect there to be some challenges. I really do. But I'm excited to see those two players grow together. I'm excited to see Torrance win this job and hopefully be a big-time hit for Brandon Bean in the second round to give them a a building block, a young building block for this offensive line. And obviously I've talked about the guard position and it's it's been an issue for the Bills. It's been an issue for a number of years where there's just been a lot of miscalculations, whether it was Quentin Spain or Wyatt Teller or Cody Ford or Spencer Long or Brian Winters or John Feliciano. I mean, there's just been miscalculation after miscalculation at guard. Here's to hoping that Connor McGovern, the biggest contract the Bills handed out this offseason to a free agent, and and Osiris Torrance, a second-round pick, can solidify this guard position for the first time since, what, John Miller and Richie Incognito in 2016 and 2017? Let's hope they get the job done. Now, this is really interesting now that we have our starting lineup defined because it gives us a little bit of intel, I guess, or or a little bit of understanding as to some of the success of the recent drafts. Now, obviously, there's a lot to learn about these players, right? But in looking at the 2022 draft class, the one, or the excuse me, 23 draft class that just happened, Osiris Torrance, a, a week one starter, and Dalton Kincaid, maybe he's not the starting tight end, but I think he's going to have a featured starting role. I mean, obviously. So a couple of immediate impact guys from your rookie class and go back one year ago where the Bills faced a lot of criticism for, hey, they're not playing rookies. Well, fast forward just one year, and now all of a sudden, you've got your starting running back in James Cook, your starting Mike Linebacker in Terrell Bernard, and a starting corner in Christian Benford. And so we talked about Brandon Bean needing to hit on draft picks to keep the talent rich on this roster. It's nice to look at these last two draft classes and see that there's some guys that are starting. Now, how good are they going to be? We don't know. And I understand that part of the conversation. 
But these guys have earned week one starting jobs going into this season, and I think that's good news for this need for Brandon Bean to find young starters on rookie deals, not to mention Greg Rousseau and, of course, Gabe Davis. Spencer Brown, we'll see, right? Starter, though, we'll see. Tyler Bass has already been paid, but over the last three, four drafts, you're starting to see some of those returns after you know maybe a stretch there where it left something to be desired. And so hopefully these wind up being cornerstone players for the roster, fixtures, pillars, building blocks, whatever you want to call them. But they're getting that opportunity, and this team needs that, right? A lot of aging cornerstones, you got to replenish them, and you got guys that are getting that opportunity. So exciting to see this all come together. Terrell Bernard, you're starting Mike Linebacker. Christian Benford, you're starting CB2. Osiris Torrance, you're starting right guard. All right, I want to talk about uh, this Micah Hyde injury, and the Bills created some cap space. I want to talk about that here in just a moment. But first, folks, I may have a beard, but that doesn't mean I don't have to shave. You can't be having neck beard. You can't be having cheek fuzz, or else that just looks sloppy. And my go-to for a great shave at a great price is a razor from Harry's delivered right to my front door. I've really enjoyed using Harry's razors. All you have to do is head to their website and check out their starter set, harrys.com slash NFL. You can get a starter set for just three bucks. It includes a five-blade German-engineered razor, a weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover. And Harry's doesn't just make razors. They also have great skincare products that will give you the best shave ever. They got creams, washes, lotions. They'll keep your skin healthy and hydrated. And as for the razors, those things are sharp. The eighth shave with that razor, just as sharp as the first. So there's no reason for you to not try Harry's. In fact, they have the highest customer satisfaction rating in the shaving industry, and they're offering a no-risk trial. Get the best shave of your life with Harry's razors and skincare products. Get a $13 starter set for just 3 bucks at harrys.com slash NFL. That's harrys.com slash NFL for a $3 starter set. Folks, you know you want to get to some games this year. And buying tickets to a game, it shouldn't be stressful, but sometimes it is. Well, good news, there's an app called Game Time that you have to check out. It is the fast and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They got killer deals on last-minute tickets. They got a best price guarantee. They've got a very easy-to-use app. They've got flash deals, images of seats, so you know exactly what to expect when you get to the venue. And I love this. They send the tickets right to your phone, so you don't have to dig through emails to find them. Super easy to use. So snag the, the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, so a couple more things I want to hit on on this bonus, mini, whatever you want to call it, podcast. Again, crossover Thursday, dropping 4 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday. So this is just an extra episode in your feed. But kind of a weird situation based on what we know with Micah Hyde. So during the same press conference that we talked about where Sean McDermott named the starters, he also said that Micah Hyde won't practice today, which is Wednesday, and he's day-to-day with a back injury something that popped up a couple of days ago, and they're taking it one day at a time. And I've listened to Sean McDermott talk about injuries since 2017, and taking it one day at a time doesn't mean much. It could mean 
they're going to play. It could mean they're not going to play. Who knows? But then the team hits the practice field and the media is able to attend the first portion of practice. And Micah Hyde's out there in pads and practicing. After Sean McDermott said he wasn't going to practice. So I don't know what the deal is here. I guess the fact that he was out there practicing in pads, no red non-contact jersey, nothing like that, that he's probably going to be okay and, and fine to play on Monday. But maybe there's some tightness in his back or just sorting things out, want to see how he feels. I want to see Micah Hyde play on Monday Night Football badly. We know he wants to. He wants to play against Aaron Rodgers, his former teammate. He's talked about that. He wants to pick him off. We know this is a big deal for Micah. But if for some reason he can't play, you got Taylor Rapp, you have DeMar Hamlin, you have Cam Lewis. None of those players are Micah Hyde. But you have nice depth to lean into. I want to see Poyer and Hyde, don't get me wrong, but you have options. The last thing I want to get into is the Bills restructured a couple of of contracts to create cap space. And at least through the subtext community, I've been getting a lot of questions about, well, what could this mean? What are they going to do with this cap space? So let's talk about that real quick. So the Bills restructured the contract of two players. Ryan Bates, and Taron Johnson. And doing this created about $4.5 million in 2023 salary cap space. Now, the Bills had to do this because they needed to become cap compliant. Prior to this move or these moves, the Bills were about $270,000 over the salary cap. And now they have a tick over $4 million. And I've always been told and I've always understood that teams need about $5 million for in-season moves to operate, right? You're going to have players that get hurt. You're going to have to sign players, guys coming off and on the practice squad. All of that impacts your cap. And so you need to have about $5 bucks to operate. So I know that some people see a tweet and see cap space has been created and your natural thought is, well, okay, what moves coming? Why did they create this cap space? They created the cap space because they needed money to operate. And more importantly than that, they weren't cap compliant and they had to come become cap compliant and be, you know, you can't be over the cap. It's a hard cap in the NFL. It's a real thing. The salary cap is real. So the bills had to restructure a couple of deals to become cap compliant. Now it does give them some flexibility if they did want to add a player, but probably not of much significance. They do have some levers they can pull. I think there's, I think Matt Milano, Deion Dawkins, Tredavious White are other contracts that they could look at to create some cap space. You know, I don't know if an extension is coming, something with Gabe Davis, perhaps, not sure. But I think at the root of why that was, those restructures were done and, and being told us last week during his press conference that moves would have to be made to become cap compliant. That's why it happened. But obviously, you know, they do have a few bucks now in case something comes up where they could add a player. But obviously, you want to have that space not only to operate, but hey, maybe the trade deadline does come along and you do need to add a player. You want to have that flexibility to do it. And again, the Bills do have a couple more levers left to pull. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here on this bonus episode of Lockdown Bills. Had to talk about these guys winning starting jobs. Of course, whatever's going on with Micah Hyde and the cap space that has been created and why that was done you've got an episode coming at four o'clock today crossover thursday me and john butchko talking about bills jets for monday night football excited for friday we're going to have our primer comprehensive primer i'm really going to dig into the weeds with the bills matchup against the jets so a lot of stuff coming your way make sure you don't miss it make sure you're subscribed 
Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills, and I look forward to catching up with you again in a couple hours.